he would pack it up, we'd vacuum seal everything, and wrap it all in bubble tape, and then ship ship a hundred vials at a time. I was dropping off some shipments, and somebody was taking pictures of me. The cops are watching. I started thinking, like, I can do this. Like, I, I could, I can compete with these guys. I can undercut everybody. <laughs> Hey, this is Matt Cox, and I am here with Ryan Root. Ryan is the largest convicted steroid dealer in the United States. Are we going with the United States? No. U.S. history. U.S. history. Mm -hmm. U.S. history. Mm -hmm. And we're going to be doing an interview. And uh, so this is Ryan. And so let's uh, let's you know. I appreciate you coming. I appreciate you coming here, and I know you know it was a it was a drive and a and a flight yeah. and, and everything else. And yeah. and uh, you also did Danny's on you know Concrete's you know mm -hmm. podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, and Danny called me and said like, bro, you gotta. When he called me, he sent me a text. He's like, bro, you gotta you gotta talk to this guy. Mm -hmm. um, I, I want to thank you too for uh, for for having me on and for yeah. um, for doing what you do. It's uh, you know you provide a lot of. Uh, value and entertainment for a lot of people. And, oh, I appreciate that. And we appreciate that. Um, and he uh, actually called me. He, like I said, he sent me a uh, Ryan sent me a an email which I apparently didn't respond to. So I'm kind of a dick, but that's fine. <laughs> it's fine. It worked out. So let's start with. I mean, you know, I'll start from the beginning. Like, um, you know, you were uh, you were born in New York, <clears throat> or where were you? Yeah, yeah. So I was born in New York. Uh, um, I guess the the story starts when I was younger. I I was underdeveloped and mature. Um, I, I did not grow like the rest of my peers. I, I was very skinny and small. And then uh, there came a point where I started getting picked on for being so small and skinny. So I started hitting the gym and then I never looked back at probably about 13. I, I started uh, just really hitting the gym and never looked back. But I still was working harder than everybody else and I still wouldn't develop like everybody else. Um, anybody who around me who put in half the effort that I did seemed to get twice the results. So what, was there, is there a specific reason or I just, yeah, it, well now it's evident, you know, now looking back that I've had low testosterone my, my entire life. Okay. Um, you know, even as, as a younger, um, and it, it, yeah, it adversely affected me in the way that, so, so, you know, because of this issue, I had confidence problems. Um, I always, I always needed everybody to, uh, accept me and like me. So, I tended to get walked on a lot. Right. Um, nobody noticed me. Like I didn't, you know, I didn't really stick out. It wasn't, uh, you know, uh, it was just kind of under, again, underdeveloped. And uh, so at 23, I started taking testosterone. I took a, um, a very mild cycle at the time, which was Sustanon, which is a blend of testosterone and um, 10 milligrams of D-ball is all which is very mild a lot of people may not know what that is but it's a very mild uh, cycle and yeah. i hyper responded i absolutely i blew up i my i changed dramatically um i put on 30 pounds um of positive of quality weight i oh, put 100 pounds on my bench in about five weeks how long did you put the 30 pounds on five, five weeks oh in five in weeks five weeks i put in 30 pounds of quality muscle and I hyper responded. Now, right. most people don't react like that, but it's also a testament to how low my testosterone must have been right. prior to that because I, I responded, you know, incredibly. And, you know, there's a lot of people saying you can't put on 30 pounds in five weeks, and I did. All right. <clears throat> but it's also a testament to why it drove so much passion. So now I'm 
uh, I'm, you know, now I, I actually look like all the work, the work that I put in. I, right. I, I'm representative of my work ethic. So I'm bigger than everybody else. Uh, I'm, you know, I look impressive. My muscles all formed and I had perfect striations and, um, and now I'm getting more confident and now people are starting to notice me. Now everybody wants to befriend me. Right. Um, I walk into a bar and heads turn and I notice everybody parts out of my way when I, you know, as I'm walking right. to the bar, like I would bump into somebody by accident and they would turn, look at me, see my impressive stature and then, and then apologize to me. Um, it's just life turns. So uh, while I was in college, I was a plumber. Um, I, I worked for my brother-in-law's plumbing company. I hated it. I hated the job. I wasn't good at it. I wasn't even trying to be good at it. But as soon as I started taking steroids for no better reason than I stood before him looking stout, he gave me a raise. <laughs> <laughs> life just changes in this way when, yeah, yeah, you know, and it has to do with, you know, now that I'm getting noticed and having my, my confidence has increased, uh, people are looking at me more and it just changes, changes your life dramatically. So I lived two different worlds, one before testosterone and, and one after. And the life after, I vastly prefer the life of testosterone. It absolutely dramatically improved. So, um, so that drove a passion. Right. So at the time I was in college for biochemistry, um, I started tailoring my degree towards testosterone, uh, the study of hormones and how were they affect the human body. Were you already interested in, in, uh, in uh you know, biochemistry prior to uh, the testosterone, just yeah, in general? I, yeah, I was in which, school for it. Okay. But, but now that I... don't I, know if it maybe, it maybe the, the results swayed you to, toward that. It, it, it didn't. I was already in... I had already gone to school for that. However, um, it did make me adjust my, the classes I took right. because I, I had a lot of... You have a lot of elective classes you can take. Right. And I, I did adjust them towards everything that would represent hormones and how they affect the body and you know everything that that i know today is is based on um the classes that i took but then so then also what it drove is just a a, a passion that made me research uh, voraciously just research every day i was looking up and and reading and and i, I just learned everything there was about these hormones right um <clears throat> i also became very adept I'm a social chameleon so I became very adept at organizing and finding uh, sources about uh, uh, sourcing the products yeah, that, yeah. Yeah, that we wanted so um, anybody who had what I wanted I was able to befriend them figure out their sources and go and I was able to orchestrate better deals uh, find ways to to get product to more people right well, um, so, it, so it so I mean you you know, you're, you just kind of jumped. You were in college. I, I, I did jump. So <laughs> you were in college. So you, you did you, are you still being a plumber or this is, this yeah. is, it became, Hey, now people are seeing res your results and they're yes. asking you about it yes. or, or I, I did, I, it took a little leap there. You're right. Yeah. So I was in college, I was researching everything. And then, um, so people noticing my improved stature would come to me and ask, uh, you know, how I did that. Yeah. So I started just teaching my friends for free and showing them here, this is what I do. Um, you know, at very first it was, I would just get them some of the stuff that I was getting. Right. Um, and, and people, it, this was an important part. It's a good thing you brought me back because, um, people would then show me so much admiration and respect for helping them do the same thing it did for me. 
Right. Right. So, so that drives a passion. So now that when people, when I start to become known the guy, if you want, if you want to look good, you go to this guy right here. And, and that drove a lot of respect. Um, I was actually valuable for one of the first times in my life. Like I actually had value to other people. Right. That drives more passion. So this passion just kept building up. Um, um, so, so eventually I start kind of monetizing this. I realized that I'm doing this a lot. A lot of people are coming to me. So yeah, I should be so, paid for it. Yeah, yeah. Well, so I just, you know, obviously that's when I started finding supply chains, getting, you know, better orchestrating better deals. And I, and I would, you know, start marking up the products obviously, but I was getting, you know, I started getting better at getting better deals and, uh, and it was just like a little side gig at first. Like, uh, you know, after a little while, it started to become, I started to become one of the number one guys in the entire city. I live in a small city, but one of the number one guys in the entire city, everybody knows where to go when you want to look good right. and feel your best. And, uh, you know, and I would educate people. I'd show them exactly how to do it, exactly how to do this. So people weren't in the dark. You right. know, um, a lot of people, you know, go get some off some gym guy and they, they don't give them much information. Right. <laughs> and, uh, and so they don't know exactly what they're doing. And, you know, you, you know, it's can, you know, it can be a, a little dangerous, although uh, not necessarily. I don't know. Um, but I was specifically educating people on exactly what was going on in the chemistry of what was happening and, and what to look out for. And people could always come to me if there was an issue and I would always solve it. So I developed this into just a little like part time business. Um, as I said, I was the, the guy to come to in my city, but it was a small city. I wasn't I wasn't still not making enough to to actually support myself on it. Um, and then there came a point when I um, got caught doing that, this, this small-time city stuff. So I went to prison. And this is in, in the city? Yeah. This, what, uh, what happened? How'd you get caught? Like uh, <laughs> it, Somebody uh, brought a, a, a CI, right. brought a cop right to me, mm-hmm. and, I, and I sold him just because the CI needed to he got caught himself. Yeah, so, of course, yeah, trickle so, down. Yeah, so he had to, yeah. So, and that's what happened. So he knew that I had steroids, so he brought this cap right to me, and uh, I sold it to him. Right. And I did a little bid in 2008 uh, oh, for, for well, how much steroids. Uh, I just did about six months total. I did a I did a shock program in lieu of. Oh, that's right. That's right. We got my sen- yeah. My so sentence, you got like two years. My sentence was 2-2, two, two, yeah. Right. Two years, two years post-release. But in lieu of that, I did a shot camp. Right. So and I was in for a total of about six months, state prison. Okay. So it wasn't, you know, it wasn't much, but, um, so I got out and, okay, this is important. So wait, yeah, this is important. So before I, okay. So before I left, I, I did skip another spot. So before I left, I, as I said, I, I had been able to orchestrate deals and, and, and find, you know, sourcing. So as serendipitously, um, one of my friends from Cornell uh, was home for the summer and, you know, we were, we were talking about all the, um, you know, the steroids. We call it gear. So sometimes I may accidentally say gear and gear means just any anabolic steroid. It's like a broad term for anabolic steroids. Okay. And that's what all the juice heads call it, gear. Okay. So sometimes I might accidentally say that and yeah. forget that other people may not know. So we were talking about gear, and uh, so when my friend goes, hey, this guy from Cornell gave me, th- gave me this. I ordered from here. The stuff came. It was really cheap and, and really um, and good. 
So I thought, all right, well, I'll just email this and see what happens. So, and I did, and the stuff was incredibly cheap. Sure enough, it came in, it was incredibly potent. Um, and this was a source from China. Right. And this so, is, you just went to a website. It's just like it's a normal website. This wasn't even a website. Oh. It was a, just an email. Just an email address. You email some guy in China. You say, this is what I want. This is what I want. And you, you Western need him some money, and it shows up. Okay. And so at the time, like, this was a, you know, a, yeah, there wasn't a website. At the time, I mean, we're talking about, what well, this was probably like 2000, uh, I don't know, three or three to five or something. So this was early in the, this was early in the, the you know, the, you know, the, the, yeah, the inception of the, the, of, um, the internet, which was about nine, early nineties, didn't really take off until right. late, yeah. late nineties is when it really started right. blowing up. And by so two thousand, yeah. now it's yeah, that's right, deep in. But I, I do have a question, real quick. Yeah. So when I was like nineteen, well, really probably, yeah, probably from eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two. During those years, I was, you know, I was, I would take steroids on and off. You know, I took. Diana Ball, I took, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, DECA, I've taken, you know, tests. Oh, yeah, you did so, tell me that. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, when I, when we were t- I said I did when I was younger. So, yeah, yeah. Um, I, and matter of fact, uh, my one of my best friends was a guy named Trent Calta, and his father owned three three or four gyms called Frank Calta's Health Connections. He mm-hmm. was, um, he was like Mr. Florida. Um, and uh, uh, anyway, so all three of his sons, we were all friends. I'm mm-hmm. still friends to this day. And remember I said I worked at a gym? Yeah. That yeah. was, well, Treon Calta, which was another one of the brothers, um, uh-huh. is the guy that hired me. Mm-hmm. So, but what's funny is, so we used to, when you're saying sourced material, now mm-hmm. you're saying from China. But mm-hmm. I remember, you know, we ha- actually had guys that would actually drive to Miami and would go into a pharmacy and the pharmacist would give them a bag of, like, you know, of Diana ball or whatever, you know, they were like the pills, yeah. you know, and they'd give them the vial. I mean, it was right in the pharmacy. Oh We'd God. come back and drive back. So when you say source materials, are you saying that all of this stuff is kind of through China? Or are you saying, you're saying, I mean, are you, some of it coming directly from the pharmacies or are these guys mixing it up and just kind of making it themselves or? Yeah. Yeah. So that's a, that's a good question. Um, yeah. So, so this was like, uh, this was the start kind of, I, I guess, of, it wasn't even the start of this. Uh, yeah, there was a. This became really, really big, but it was people just making it themselves in China, and um, this, there was a shift from stuff coming from pharmacies or Mexican pharmacies. Oh. You were getting one from Miami. I don't, I don't know the situation there, but my guess is that it was something. I just remember my buddy went right under in the, the pharmacy. Table. Yeah. I was like, holy. Yeah, geez. something under the table there. But uh, so, I mean, and that would be a unique way to do it. But you know, at the probably at this time or in the late '90s, like people were getting it from Mexico. Yeah. They're just, um, or even Puerto Rico, they would find ways to ship it in the United States. And, and I know that's some of the other dealers that I was dealing with at the time were getting it from like Puerto Rico or, but, and this, this was the beginning of China, of the rise of China from, for, uh, anabolic steroids. And now to this day, everything comes from China. Uh, it's, it's, it was just, it's so much cheaper. Right. They, uh, they don't have laws against it. So they try to sell it to Americans and everything just shifted to China. Um, so you were emailing the guy. Yeah. So you're... yeah. So I, I emailed this guy. Sure enough, it comes and it's 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 good stuff and uh, and it's incredibly cheap. I mean, and we're talking when I talk about cheap, I'm talking about like like you know these are going to be some of the best prices in the entire country. Like it is unheard of cheap. All right. 
And so what? So we're talking about like like five bucks a bottle on average, like five ten bucks, and you're selling it for fifty, or yeah, is it um, thirty dollars, and you're selling it for a hundred? Yes, or I, when, when I when I when I get into, I'll go over the profit margins because at this time I don't, I can't remember the exact cost, but okay. I do remember when I actually started my bigger business. Yeah, yeah. I do remember. I have okay. memory of all okay. the profit margins and everything. Yeah, I can yeah, go over cool. that. At this time, I, I honestly can't remember the prices, but it was. So you're getting stuff, but in. stuff was expensive at this time, like, right? Because it still wasn't easy to make. But this was the beginning of China, you know, becoming becoming the main source of of all steroids that in in the United, in the world, right? Um, and so it was begin. It was starting to get cheaper. This is the very beginning of it. Okay. Starting to get cheaper. Before this, it was very expensive. Um, um, where was I? Oh yeah. So yeah. so. I had this source, right? So when I got caught, one of my clients was also a friend of mine. He was probably buying the most from me. Um, I just, you know, I needed to do something. So, you know, and kind of in my mind to set, possibly set something up from the future. I didn't know what was going to happen, but I just gave him this source and said, look, I'm going to give you up my source. Um, I want you to save this, do what you will with it. And when I get back out, if I call you, Whatever you've created, I just want it to be a part of it. Right. right. Um, so I, so that's what I did. So I get out not too much later. I'm on a, I'm on parole for a couple years, and I'm I'm just I'm trying to be good, <laughs> trying. Um, but you know now that I have a felony, uh, you know felony. Well, this is my second felony. Um, now that I have a felony, it's, I can't get a job. It, um, I I put. Um, resumes and everywhere. I just I, I couldn't find a job. Uh, I can't support myself. Um, I I had I went back on steroids myself. That made me feel a lot better. Now and now I had nothing to do except go to the gym. So I'm actually I'm doing double sessions and right. I'm getting pretty big again at this point. Um, so again, though, my size makes people come to me, and I'm like I'm fighting it off for a while. I don't want to get back into what put me in prison. But, um, poverty will do some. Some yeah, yeah. things to you, <laughs> so I, you know, I, I just started moving some again to uh, to s at least give myself something to survive. Um, and it, you know, so that starts getting bigger and bigger again. And eventually, I get off. I get off parole, and um, again, like it's a small city, so I'm not, uh, I, I'm not able to completely supplement my life with this but it helps it right. helps so one of my clients one day um tells me about this this online now we're talking about probably 2010 2011 well, what happened with your buddy that you gave the oh, yeah. okay yeah that will come <laughs> but uh no that's a, it's good that you uh you brought that up but yeah it's gonna come um right now actually uh one of my friends who I was, one of my clients told me about this online forum that is a source forum. So essentially it's, it's kind of like the concept of the dark net, but right. it's not, it wasn't the dark net. It's just a, it's just a, a forum, a yeah. body, not even a bodybuilding forum. It's a steroid source forum, but it was hosted from a different country where steroids are legal. So, it, but they were had United, illegal or illegal? were they legal? Right. Okay. So, so, um, but they had sources in the United States, right? So it has a list of all these sources in reviews and it had them numbered, right? So the top source, you know, with, you know, with the best reviews is at the top and, you know, it goes down. And 
I'm looking at this like this is this is crazy. Like, this is I mean just right out in the open. Yeah. Um, but then so I started doing research and I realized that with the source that I had the Chinese source because I had it again and I was using it. Um, the, the same Chinese source. Um, I could compete with all these prices. So I started thinking like I can do this. Like I I could I can compete with these guys. I can undercut everybody. These are guys from all over the country. I can cut, undercut the whole country here. And this is the, by the way, this is the biggest source forum in the world for, for anabolic steroids. It gets like a million unique hits a, a month. Okay. It, it was massive. It's the biggest one. So, so this was something. I, I'm like, holy shit, I can do this. So I ended up like, I'm, I'm starting to prepare for it. I buy, um, I buy like an extra, you know, some extra just to prepare for this, an extra stock. I got my laptop and my and a duffel bag full of steroids, and I'm I'm ready to, to post on here. So right about this time, um, that friend that I left it with, his name is Gene. It's okay, I'll just say his first name. He's actually not with us anymore. But uh, um, Gene comes all of a sudden. I get a call from Gene, right? And I thought it was kind of strange because it's it's probably been a couple of years now, and. Uh, and I was like, okay. So I answered the phone, and he's like, hey, uh, what are you doing? I'm I'm in town. I'm almost I'm on my way to your, you know, driving by your house. Can I stop in? Like, it was kind of weird, but I was like, oh yeah, it would be good to see him. Okay, yeah, absolutely, stop in. So he comes in, and he pulls up in a brand new. Now this is a guy who never, you know, he he, you know, I don't even think he finished high school. He never never was able to put anything together and just kind of was sliding by. And life, and he was kind of similar to me, like just selling some steroids and whatever else he could get his hands on every once in a while. And, that, and he was just kind of sliding by life with that. Um, but you had slipped him the kind of the golden ticket. <laughs> he pulls in with a brand new, fully decked out Hummer, right? We're talking about a ninety to hundred thousand dollar vehicle, right? I'm just like, what the heck? He gets out, you know, and he, he's got this big smile on his face. He comes and he just gives me a big hug. And I'm like, holy shit, what's going on? He grabs his bag out of the back of his house. He goes, let's go inside. Okay. So we go in. Oh, by the way, at this time, I, live with my, I lived in my grandmother's house because I couldn't afford anything else. So, but, um, so I just lived in my, my grandmother's house. I, you know, I couldn't afford any. I wouldn't have been able to afford rent anywhere. Anyway, so I was kind of lucky I had that opportunity. Um, so he comes in. He's got this bag. He opens his bag up, and it's full of steroids and money. And he's got, he's got just uh, um, wads of hundred dollar bills in there. It must have been thirty grand in there. And I had never seen all that that kind of money in one place. Like, right. you know, at this time, I was um, I, like, "What? What the hell is going on?" He just starts throwing steroids at me. Here, here you go. Here you go. Like, what the hell is going on? He goes, "I took that source you gave me and turned it into this, into this." You know this giant organization. I'm like, what the what the hell is going on? So he starts telling me. He doesn't tell me exactly what he's doing, right? But he he's hinting and kind of laying out a model and a structure that he that he's using. To now he's selling um, he's selling a little bit of everything, right? Anything you want, but. Um, most of his revenue is coming from the steroids, from the source. So he teaches me a little bit more about the source. He teaches me that you can get your prices even lower because I did, and this is how you do it. And he goes, you, you talk to the guy. And, and so now I go back and I, I email my source. He taught me how to actually get lower prices. 
And I mentioned this guy's name in the source. Now this is at this time, this is one of the biggest sources in the entire world because this, this guy sold, sold all over the world. Right. And, but he knows Gene's name, you know, just by his name, he instantly was like, oh, Gene is a great guy, you know? So then I know that Gene's for real. He's doing massive numbers. I mean, obviously he's showing me that he's got houses and multiple, multiple cars that are worth a lot of money. It's crazy. He said he made $900,000 the last year. And so, so now, now I know that this can be, that this can work. I know that I, you know, there, there's something I can do with this that can generate that, you know, that kind of income. And, and he's just got a different air about him, right? He's, um, he's confident. He's, you know, he's very deliberate in his actions and, and he's just like a different person and you can see why he's successful almost. Right. Um, so I knew, I knew that something that this could work. So, you know, Gene leaves and I, I start getting this idea and I like, he tells me briefly about this model. So I, now I'm even more driven to, to get this internet thing going. Right. So the first thing I do is, um, does Gene give you any money? No, he gave me some steroids, but he gave me a lot of information. Yeah. So it wasn't about, I didn't ask him for anything. I didn't. I thought we had an agreement when you went to yeah, prison. And you Here's know what? the thing. To be, you build something. Give me something. What happened to that? To be honest with you, I didn't push it. Had I pushed it, he may have done that. He, right. was, he was a pretty loyal guy. He was a, he was a good guy. And I didn't, but I didn't push it. Um, right. I actually, because I had these ambitions of my own. Yeah. Right? So why share something with him when, you know, kind of in my mind, like I can start it. Yeah, empire, yeah. Right? Yeah, I'm about, but, to, I'm about to cut this guy's legs out from <clears> underneath <throat> him. So why, why also have him give me 50 grand? Right. So... <laughs> You didn't like the way I put that. No, I, it's yeah. incredibly accurate. <laughs> that's that's what makes me laugh. Is you're gonna see that it's it's accurate. Right. Um. So, so I, but he he set the seed. He planted the seed. Right. So, the first thing I do is I go, and uh, so at the time there was nothing sophisticated about this. You just go. I made a list of products that I had available, and and you just post it on a on the forum right right and you say here's my stuff you know come buy it so i did that um i didn't know what to expect so now i have to explain a little bit about the zeitgeist of the time or the, the ethos regarding anabolic steroids and as we as we stated before um steroids were hard to get in the late 90s early 2000s very hard to get so and consequent, and they were very expensive. Consequently, there was a lot of fraud, right? There was a lot of people making fake stuff, and everybody, every single bodybuilder was scared to death of getting fake gear. It was expensive. It wasted a lot of their time, you know, and they, because you have to you do it for a while, a while and then realize that yeah, it's two, nothing, yeah, and, 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 and it costs a lot of money. Yeah, it's it's just a, <laughs> getting fake stuff is annoying, and everybody was terrified about it. So, <clears throat> the, at the time, the Here's another term I'm going to use. Um, UGL, underground lab, is when you know, people make it themselves. Right. It's called an underground lab. At the time, underground labs were not a thing. I take that back. They were just very, they were just starting to be, there was only a couple. Right. But there was, you know, just prior to this, there was only, you, if you didn't have a brand name product, if you didn't have something that everybody knew, they would laugh you out of the building and actually get angry at you for suggesting, even if somebody did, if you offered brand name products and people didn't know you, if you didn't have a brand or a trust, people would get angry. These forums, bodybuilders are, are, 
are very angry, distrustful, um, you know, degrading people. And, and it, it's met with hostility and animus. And so, you know, me, me just coming in uh, and just putting this list up without having a name, uh, you know, m made people angry. Mm -hmm. So, so like I, you know, I got hit with a bunch of people laughing, a bunch of people like you're crazy, like you know, uh, a lot of a lot of hostility, like I said, an animus, and uh, and then the mods took the post down. So and it was only up for about an hour, and I was like, "What the heck just happened?" Like, I, like so, you know, after doing some some more research, <clears throat> I found out that well, one of the posts, one of the mods actually emailed or private messaged me after that. Right, said, the moderators, yeah, one right. of the moderators, uh, and they said, uh, "This isn't how we do it anymore." So, so they, this is how it used to work. You just post, and and people can buy if they want. But because there was so much fraud, you know there had recently been some fraud, they, they decided to instill just one rule is you have to have a website. And that would show them that maybe you, if you go through the trouble of creating a website, um, that you're serious enough to be a source, right? right. On, this, on the biggest steroid source in the world, right? So to me, I didn't know anything about, about websites. I had no idea. It was 2011 at this point. It wasn't a big thing, but especially I had no idea. So to me, it was almost over. Like right there, I was like, I, I don't, I can't do this. That's it. Right. It's done. Um, but then, so then I, I started thinking about it and I was like, boy, I got this one friend who's one of my clients and he knows a lot about this stuff. So that was my first employee. I paid him in steroids and I said, hey, can you build me a website? He was like, yeah, sure, I can do that. So, um, I mean, it's, it's more complicated than just building a simple website because you, you can't just, you know, go on GoDaddy or Wix or, or, uh, WordPress and just build a website and because uh, it has to be uh, anonymous right. right and it has to be hosted from outside this country right so it, it was it's more complicated than that and it, it took this guy he had to go do some research and figure out how to host a website outside the United States so that the if the United States you know any law enforcement was to catch on they wouldn't have any jurisdiction to go um, to get a subpoena, to, it, to right. get records, to get based the, the on information, this, yeah, this of the hosted the emails. States. You have all the information, right? They wouldn't have any jurisdiction to go to. Right. So that's the idea, right? Um, so in the meantime, while he's working on that, I got three emails from the post that I put up for one hour. Well, everybody else laughed at me. A couple guys saw opportunity, and they just then. And so <clears throat> they emailed me, and I, I'm looking at these emails, and so the, and I noticed they they told me what their handles were on this on this forum, right? And the way this forum works is that they rate you, you get points for for being helpful, for you know posting a lot, for giving helpful information. You get these points, and these points represent your respect in the community, mm -hmm. right? So these guys had a lot of points, which means a lot of people respected them in this in, in this huge forum. And a lot of people would listen to them, right? right? So these guys, uh, they they tell me that they saw the post. They're very interested because because I had, sorry, I had, um, um, yeah, they're very interested because uh, uh, I had name brand products at the time, right? So, so to tell you a little bit about this, uh, one of the five or six accepted brands in the world was British Dragon and that's that's what my the products I had 
the ironic thing is that British Dragon actually went down. The real British Dragon company went down a few years prior to this. And everybody knew that. But the source that I was using started just slapping British Dragon labels on their products and started selling them. And everybody knew it, but the products were still quality. Right. right. So they're kind of maybe assuming this is just old. This is just yeah. So now you don't know. Yeah, well, you don't know which one you're getting, but they're both good. So it nobody cared. Yeah, it was irrelevant. it was a rare case where where somebody came in with and relabeled the products, and everybody was okay with it. Like right. The entire underground black market community right. was it okay. Had a, with it. it had a great name, right? Because it was still good, right? So yeah. the British Dragon name it just carried on, and it was like, okay, British Dragon still good. Doesn't matter which one it is, if yeah. it's the real one or the new or the new relabeled one. And I had, and this was my guy. So, so he was, um, so now I had this British Dragon stuff that everybody's okay with. So the fact that I had British Dragon and there wasn't a ton of people selling that in the United States at that time, at that time, um, people were intrigued. You have a, well, you have one of the five name brands that everybody's okay with. So, so these guys say, you know, but I can't, I can't just buy this from you because there's too much fraud going on. I don't know who you are or what's going on. So why don't you send me this stuff? If I get it and it's real, I'll post about it. You know, and I'll send, in fact, I'll send you a bunch of guys. I got a lot of people on here that yeah. follow, follow me around. Yeah. And that's definitely a way to get back on the web, back on the, um, yeah. a, as a, as a vendor back on the site yes. by having, by having established people basically vouch for yes. you saying, Hey bro, I bought yeah. this stuff. It's good. And mm -hmm. then the moderator's like, okay, but this is so-and-so yeah. he says it's good. It's good. Yeah. That, that's it helps at it the very least. It certainly does. Yeah. It certainly does. Um, at the time, like. At the time, like I was reticent, like like a lot of people was, like I was reticent to send somebody something for free. In my mind, like you know, it's I can't just give somebody you know some of this. And in retrospect, I shouldn't have been so reticent because this is a good way to get your product out, and you shouldn't you know this, this is business lesson number one that um, that if you have a good quality product, you need to get it out there, and that's yeah. more important than worrying about profit margins. And and that's where a lot of people make mistakes, and I almost made that mistake, but but I didn't. I ended up sending these, I ended up saying, well, guys, you know, I don't want to just give away, you know, some of these products, but how about this? I'll send it to you. If once you realize it's good, you get it and it's good. Can you pay me later? And they all were like, yeah, sure. We can do that. Okay. So I sent these guys the, the orders that they want. And, um, so, so at this, this time I also, I, I finally got a job and I, I was working at the emergency room, um, I, I was only making like $9 an hour. I made like, I made $270 a week and I still couldn't support myself on that. So I, I had to do, you know, I had to keep doing something else. So I remember I was actually, um, I would actually work at the emergency room and I would check my emails. I would, I mean, I would do my illegal business work at the emergency room, which in retrospect was really stupid because the IT can see everything that you're doing on their computers. Um, but I was checking my emails and, and all of a sudden, and I, I mean, there's, I wasn't getting any emails from anybody except for those three ambassadors. There's three of them. I call them the ambassadors. And all of a sudden I had, I had like, you know, five or six emails from people I didn't know. And that didn't make any sense to me. So I answered them and sure enough, these guys, Hey, one of the, the main one that, that sent me the most people, his name was, his handle was sicko, C Y C O sicko. Right. And he said, sicko sent me. He said, you're good, so I'll take this, this, and this. And it just, it just blew my mind. Like, I had, I ended up taking three orders right there. Tell me how to pay. And I had never even thought of this. Like, 
how do I get people to pay? I did for, I actually hadn't thought that far ahead. I'm like, how do, oh shit. Everybody pays Western Union. I gotta, I just have, I didn't know what to do. So I'm like, okay, just Western Union me some money, like in my name, which, you know, in retrospect is pretty stupid, but that's how it started. So I just gave him my information, Western Union me this. And I, I still didn't believe it was happening. Like this is actually, this is actually gonna happen. Right. So I think these guys, these three guys right there, just from this one guy, Oh, yeah, so then I went back on the, the forum, and I'm like, what is going on? Like, and I look, and sure enough, this sicko guy had posted pictures of the stuff that he got, said, this was like a couple weeks later, said he had started trying it, and this stuff was fantastic, and, uh, and you know, a lot of people respected him. And he, as, he, you know, as he said his word, he would send me people. Um, so this order, I think it, only, it came to like $1,100, uh, $1,150, I remember. And... Um, I, I went and I cashed the money out and, and I actually had that much money. And I think from that, I made like 550 was pure profit of mine. And I had never made that much in one day. And I just remember this warm feeling in my chest, like just warm, just, just dopamine rushed through me and it just felt good. And I'm like, and, and it just, you know, I'm hooked. Like, this is, <laughs> this is fantastic. Um, so you know, I went so I went back to the sicko guy and I said, "Hey, you sent me some guys. Thank you so much." He goes, oh, "That's nothing. I'm gonna. I got about thirty more that are gonna be coming your way." So it was him and the, and one of the other ambassadors, you know, sent me like thirty or forty guys. This is I don't. I'm not even a source on this on this. Yeah, th this yeah. should, in retrospect, this should have been an omen as to what was to come. Yeah. Because I'm not even a, a source on this thing. How far are you undercutting everybody else's price? I wasn't undercutting everybody. So this is it's a great question. I wasn't undercutting everybody's price that that much, only a little bit. And I kind of did that intentionally because, you know. Yeah, you don't want to give it away. I don't, right. What I was doing differently. So this is so um, part of the business lessons. These things just sort of made sense to me. But I did, in retrospect, after I look back on it, I made a lot of very, very advanced and very good business moves. Um, when I went to prison later, I was able to read voraciously and I, I read everything I read was, you know, was to help me. So I read a lot of, a lot of, uh, biographies on entrepreneurs. I read a lot of entrepreneurial books. I read NBA, um, textbooks. And I realized that, that I had, I had actually been implementing some of these advanced business techniques and I didn't even know it, it just made sense to me at the time. And these business, you know, some of these things that I did are what, a large part of what created what was to come. Um, so to answer your question about what, what kind of started setting me apart, and this was the beginning of it, what kind of started setting me apart was um, black market steroid dealers are not known to be masters of business administration. They, uh, you know, they're just these, right. these freaking guys who are just trying to make a profit, um, and they, they don't know what they're doing. So so the their shipping times they would send everything snail mail so everybody even domestic was getting things at this time in in uh two weeks it right. was taking about two weeks they were making people pay for shipping right uh and the, this another major thing that they did wrong is um when when you have something that somebody wants right so these people would create a these sources would create a big following of people you have something somebody wants People become almost sycophantish about following you and, and being servile to 
oh, you give me you give me this thing that I need. So you're you know you're great, you're awesome, and they they kiss their ass, and these people become um, megalomaniacal, right? They right. become megalomaniacs, right? And <clears throat> so, in this uh, this manifests in they would start getting rude to their customers. If you if you dare um, question them about something that possibly went wrong, then, then these guys have these big egos and they would just they would start ripping apart their own clients. Now that made sense to me, but it would turn people away. Yeah. Um, so and I so I made a mental note and I saw this happening. I made a mental note that I'm never gonna do that and I'm gonna be very cordial and friendly to everybody and take care of and take ownership of any problems that occur and right. fix it. So between having quality products, having low price, implementing some relatively simple good business practices, such as I did free shipping, right. I did priority shipping, which got it, the products to people in two to, five, two to three days. This was just revolutionary for the market. And by the way, after I started doing this, that became industry standard. And I started this with anabolic steroid dealers. But now, you know, shortly after I started doing it, because everybody started flooding to me, um, the entire industry changed to these simple. Again, it's not advanced. Those aren't advanced business. That was simple. Um, so now everybody who's getting these new orders is uh, um, is posting. How uh, amazing! Uh, yeah, this stuff is good. It came in two to three days, uh, and that was a big one. When people can get their stuff quick, they were just so. It just people started flooding me. Mind you, I'm still not. A source, an official source. I'm not even on this on this website, right? And and I'm starting to to get a, a big following and a big business because of all these, you know, all of this. So then comes the day. I remember I open. I, I get up one morning. I open my. Uh, I, so we got the website completed. Um. You know, my friend got it completed. We opened it up. I went to the to the mods. I said, "Here you go. Here's my website." Can I be a source now? And like, it, days went by, and I was like, maybe they're just not gonna do it. Like, right. I don't know. It was like, like I was still working on it, but it, in one respect, I was still getting a lot of customers just from this. Yeah, this so it wasn't thing. the end all be all. You're right. It was just kind of like you know, I, I don't It'd know what's nice. happening. Yeah. It'd be nice if I was on the yeah. forum, on, on the forum, forum. Yeah. Yeah. I wake up one morning and and I have m almost double maybe even triple the amount of emails that I usually have. And I have a ton of, and then I go to my website, what the heck is going on? I go to the, go to this, the forum, I sign into my account, and things just look different. And I have a ton of PMs to uh, private messages. And it, that was kind of unusual. What, what is going on? Like, something looks weird. Something looks different. And I start to slowly kind of figure it out, and all these people, like I have people ordering on the PMs, like there's a ton of orders in then I, I start to look and I realize that I have a source tag now next to my name. So that means like I've been labeled as an official source and I'm up on the list and I'm right. And now there's, you know, there's, this is real uh, right there. My orders doubled. So, um, so, so then, you know, it was the same thing. Oh, holy cow. So I just, you know, start doing, taking care of, taking care of business, getting everything done. And, and it does the same thing. Like people just keep posting, and, and pretty soon that, th pretty soon this business just absolutely just blew apart. It just blew up. I was, so there was one. There's a point when I got so overwhelmed that I almost quit. I woke up another morning. I woke up. I had so I had, 
I did a, a an eight hour shift at the ER. Mm-hmm. I, I did like the three to eleven shift. I get off at um, eleven o'clock. I come home. I answer you know two hundred emails. I pack all the orders. I have to go collect all the money in the morning. I have to do all this stuff by myself, and then I have to go and collecting the money from Western Union was a pain in the ass too. And I have to go. This is still money coming in your name. Maybe by this point, I think I finally, what I would do is, so this is what I started doing. I started just paying people for their IDs. Anybody who looked any remotely like me, I would give somebody a hundred bucks for their ID. And so now I'm collecting it in other people's names, but it's still me collecting it. Um, Yeah, at least it gives you a little wiggle. Yeah, but for, I did that for a little bit. I I changed that pretty quick though. Um, So, oh yeah, so I wake up one morning after you know all this and i have so i have to go do all this stuff i so i wake up in the morning i still got to go collect the the western unions i got to take the packages to the post office and i and then i have to go to work again i get up i open my email and holy shit if there isn't 200 more emails and i got a ton of people just counting on me and waiting waiting you know for me to order this people are you know they're getting antsy they want they want the stuff there's payments in there um I, I just started to get overwhelmed. Like I can't. I, how am I? I can't handle all this. You how am I going to do that this? ER job. That that that, 20, <laughs> yeah. that, that forty hour week job. Yeah, that's yeah. the problem. Making the, 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 making the orders 70, aren't the problem. I was making seventy bucks a day, and yeah, and I was no, making. No. That's your problem. <laughs> I was making, started making that in five minutes. So, um, yeah. So I'm overwhelmed, and I'm not a man who's prone to panic attacks. But if I ever had one in my life, it was right here. I remember sitting down um, after I picked up all this money that was in these new orders. I was going to have a hundred thousand dollars cash at my house, and I'd never dreamed in my entire life that I would be holding that kind of money. Right. And I mean, this is like I said, I went from two hundred and seventy dollars a week, which I couldn't support myself on, to now it, within a relatively very quickly, I'm pulling in about twenty one thousand dollars a week. And, and I just, I got absolutely overwhelmed and I had a panic attack. I, I buried my head in my hands. I sat down and I'm like, you know, I, I can't do this. I'm going to get caught. This got way too big. Yeah, a hundred thousand yeah. dollars at my house. I, this is all I, within, I have all these orders. I got to go to work. This is within a month or so, right? Um, this was probably, yeah, uh, this is probably a couple months, a couple months later, maybe three or four. Yeah. And by six months where I was pulling in about 21,000 a month. And it just kept growing from there. Um, so, so I'm sitting there like, I can't do this. I, I'm going to get caught. This right. got out of control. I can't handle this anymore. I'm done. What I'm going to do is I'm going to pay everybody. Um, or I'm going to fill all the orders of people who have paid, but I'm going to tell everybody that I can't, I'm, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. So I'm not going to let anybody else pay. And then, you know, and then I'm just I'm done. So I, I had a plan, right? So I started to feel a little better. And then what, what hit me is, so I used to get emails every single day mm-hmm. of people thanking me for what I did, for what I do for them, right? I make them a better, a better wife to their, uh, better husband to their, to their wives, right. a better father to their children. They have energy to go out and you know, play with their kids to actually do something to actually, they have energy and confidence to go do better at their jobs, make more money to support their family. And, and people would thank me for that and say that I made this process so easy and cheap for them that, um, that I, you know, I was almost a savior to them. And I got this every single day. Right. And that drives a passion. 
right? I'm, it's, this isn't about me anymore. This is bigger than me. All these, you know, by, by this time I had hundreds, maybe even a thousand clients. Um, this isn't about me anymore. This is about something bigger than, than myself. So, and I started thinking about letting all these people down. And so, you know, at this point, a lot of, like, a lot of people just kind of simply in, in a facile manner, they brush drug dealers off as you're greedy. Oh, you're greedy. You just wanted, you just wanted money and you wanted to go. And that's not what this is about. And, you know, I, I was in prison around, there's a lot of drug dealers around yeah. and I knew these guys and, and, it, and it, they're not bad guys. And it wasn't all about greed. A lot of it was about finally that they can do something to create value for themselves. Right. Like finally, finally they have something because no matter what you have, if you have cocaine or whatever, people, you have what people want and they respect and admire you for right. being able to provide them with something that they want. Yeah. Right. And that, that drives a value. I'm creating value for all these people, even in, in your, our evolutionary biology can't tell the difference about from, you know, negative help right. with, from drugs or positive help. Right. So, um, so, so what, what actually drives a lot of this, not all of it. I mean, some of it is money because, you know, money allows you to do a lot of things, but, um, what drives a lot of this is finally finding something that where people respect and admire you. Right. right and and you're creating value for a lot of people so that's what drove it it wasn't wasn't about greed i didn't the first thing i thought of wasn't about losing the money it was about the people so so finally i said i just picked my head up you know now i had a i had a plan and i said fuck this i can do this so i was overwhelmed and and the the first thing i had to do was uh was expand i had to scale so i just started hiring people and now I had from Gene, I had some ideas about um, about how to structure this model, right? About how to delegate all this responsibility, and uh, and leave myself open um, so I could do things more for business development and do what I was really good at, which is dealing with the customers. So I just started. I hired, hired all the positions. I hired a shipper. I hired a. Um, Later, I would hire a chemist, but that's that's not quite yet in the story. Or I would hire multiple chemists, multiple shippers, um, and I hired. Um, uh, I had like a little army of people going around collecting money. So I had people going to pick up Western unions, and then eventually. Um, but so, anyways, I had all these jobs compartmentalized, right? So the idea was that I was going to set up this this business model in a way that each person did their job. And they didn't know anybody else in the operation, so this right. would this would make it so. If something happened, if yeah, something stop, got busted, yeah, yeah. then yeah, that it would be compartmentalized, and nobody would be able to tell on each other because they don't know anything, right? So, and that was the idea. So I started doing that. I started compartmentalizing. These people didn't know each other; they're all separate. And then eventually, I moved it out of this, out of states. Like people didn't who worked for me weren't in the same states, so I had employees all throughout the country, and none of them knew each other, right? Okay. Um, that, that was kind of a little later, but, yeah. but that was the idea. And I started implementing that here and then I spread it out later. And, um, so, yeah, so now everybody's got their jobs. It, it allows me to work on business development and, um, and the, the customers. I have an army of people are collecting you money. Still staying, are you still in like your grandmother's basement yeah. or are you serious? Yeah, in her house, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, I was still, li- yeah, I was still living there. I mean, you're making twenty something thousand dollars a yeah. month. Yeah, yeah. Get was, a place. <laughs> that's what a lot of that's what so that's what a lot of people said, and I did, but I I rented them out. So so all I could see is that, like there was a time when I started buying real estate property, right? But I would fix it up and, and rent it out because all I could see was revenue from that, and and I was okay in that house. I mean, it was I was just there by myself, and it was. Uh, uh, it was adequate for me, so right. and you know, I was just all about revenue, revenue generation. Um, so I can't remember where we are. Where yeah, yeah you were compartmentalizing everything. Yeah. You were expanding. You'd hired a bunch of uh, yeah. a bunch of shippers. You'd hired um, you hadn't quite hired the chemist yet, but you were yeah. you were hiring people, and you were kind of just scaling the whole thing yes. up. Yeah, um, and I'm 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 wondering. Like these people realize that they're shipping. They realize that what they're shipping isn't legal. It's not like you had them fooled. Like, hey, you work for a pharmaceutical company. Yeah. So that. Excuse me. <coughs> Try to inhale that. Yes. So yeah, everybody knew exactly what they're doing. So the, um, interestingly enough, so if you look up my case, uh, the the prosecution put out the narrative that uh, that I hired unknowing people and they didn't know exactly what they're doing and that I paid them poorly yeah. and this couldn't be f- yeah. this could not be farther from the truth yeah. um, what happens is the so everybody get you know eventually when a crime's done everybody gets indicted they bring everybody in they interrogate I them and, and nobody yeah and nobody's gonna be like oh yeah worked for Ryan Root he was a fantastic gentleman I yeah. recommend everybody work for him he paid me well and I uh, yeah. I knew yeah. precisely what I was doing That's, I didn't realize I thought I I thought it was legal he said yeah, he was a yeah. pharmaceutical rep yeah. he didn't pay I, me anything anyways I didn't <laughs> That's that's precisely what happened. So so this narrative just and the so the media doesn't call me. They just take whatever the prosecutor of says course. and put it in the yeah. and put it in the paper. Yeah, and nothing can be farther from yeah. the truth. It's I, funny you, you'll see the press releases and <laughs> literally the press releases are almost written verbatim uh, in all the newspapers. Precisely. Like it's like the the U.S. attorney just yeah. wrote the press release yes. for the Associated Press, the New York Times. The Chicago Tribune, yeah. the Tampa Tribune, mm-hmm. like it's Absolutely like it's correct. almost identical. Absolutely correct. Yeah, yeah. And it, it, so it, it's it's one of the problems and one of the things that's needed in prison reform. Like the, so, the media is called the fourth estate, right? They, they they guide public opinion, and if they're just puppets. just passing on, yeah, if they're just puppets for the prosecution, right. which is trying everything that they can do to. Um, Demonize you. Or demonize you and rationalize their own existence, right? Yeah. By saying, we put this dangerous guy off, off the street. And yeah. In reality. Hey, how dangerous were you? Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, that's a whole, a whole different discussion. All right. So this is getting bigger. Yeah. You're starting to make more money. Yeah. You're on the forum. You're shipping product. Yeah. I mean, what's, what's the next... What's the next... Um, Thing that happens yeah. okay so this is when some of the advanced business concepts started started coming in so there was a later i read um some books which i highly recommend to anybody interested in entrepreneurship by uh, nasim taleb um he wrote black swan into fragile and skin in the game and one more and i can't remember what it is but these books were absolutely fantastic about um, so what I what I realized at the time, it just this just made sense to me. What I real and later when I was able to read these and read voraciously, I realized the whole that, holy cow, I was implementing these these concepts and I didn't even realize it. Um, but at, so at the time, I have this one Chinese source 
And there was times when he got a little flaky, meaning he would like just disappear for yeah, a while. Yeah, yeah. What happens if he just disappears That's one exactly. day? I have, I'm, I'm with, you know, what later is termed fragile. I'm fragile. I have, or I have all my eggs in one basket. Yeah. If something happens to this guy, I'm, this was a black swan. He disappears. My whole business is gone. Yeah. What and happens, I started to realize that. What happens if YouTube decides to just stop paying me? Colby? <laughs> What's going to happen? We've got, we've got one, we got one resource. Yeah. We've got one source. We yeah. needed some other sources. Yeah. So That's, this is what Nassim Taleb. I've been Taleb. saying that. I've been saying <laughs> yeah. that. Nassim Taleb would say that you have to have optionality. You have to build contingencies. Yeah. You have to, um, you have to build a robust yeah. system with mm -hmm. multiple Multiple streams of revenue. Unfortunately, my contingency is fraud. Yeah. <laughs> and I keep, I'm saying, well, yeah, there's always fraud. And I always get yelled at. Always go, go. <laughs> Something to fall back on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, so, yeah, so I'm fragile. Right. Right. And so his book, Anti-Fragile, was about, was about becoming the opposite of fragile. Right. And that means that. You not only do you build a robust system to have all these contingencies and redundancies for in case something goes wrong, is that you build something that gets better when it's stressed. Um, and this is what I did. It, again, I don't want to say that I, I had this concept clearly in mind, but this is what ended up happening. So, every, so I started making these moves, and everything I did was anti-fragile. And not only did... Not only did it um, give me optionality and build build a robust system, but but my business grew when things that sh could have been detrimental, it just made it better. And I'll give you an example. So this guy's getting flaky, right? So I'm like, okay, I got I gotta build something more robust. I have to figure out another a contingency. So I started looking at other brands, brand names, right, of of these other sources, and the price was too high. I would have had to raise my prices. And one of the things, one of my things that, that kept people coming to me was the low cost. So I, I couldn't do that. I couldn't raise my costs. You know, that would, that would dis disappoint all my customers. <clears throat> so I had a guy. Now, I'm a biochemist, but I had never made steroids myself. Mm -hmm. all, all the local dealers, we all knew each other. We're all friends. One of the local dealers, now also mind you that at this time, I'm getting so big, I realize that I cannot tell anybody what I'm doing because what's going to get me caught word of mouth. was word of mouth from a local cop who just wants to be a cowboy and come in and do something to, to find me out, right? So I know that that's what's going to get me caught. This anonymous stuff I'm sending across the country, that's all anonymous. Like these, nobody knows my name. Nobody knows anything. You yeah, know, you're dropping it in a, in a, yeah, in a it's drop just showing box. Up, and it's, it's showing up at the door, right? And we're using different post offices. You know, it, that's not the most dangerous part. The dangerous part was some people going and talking and the local cops, you know, being a cowboy. Concern. Your concern is that somebody's going to get busted. Somebody's going to turn and, and wear a wire. Or somebody's going to, even though... Your concern but, is that, that it's going to get around and you're going to get busted by some not, local cop or something. Yeah, not even that somebody's going to get busted or wear a wire. Not even that, just the, the talking. Um, right. Because we're bringing in, you know, especially for a small city, like we're bringing in so much money that it, it would draw a lot of attention. So, um, and I'm, we're, you know, the, the local cops are out on the street. They, you know, the word would get back to them. Somebody would try to be a cowboy. So it was, it was imperative that, um, that everybody would keep quiet and you don't tell anybody. And we did a pretty good job of that. 
so, so I, I said that to, to say that um, all the local steroid dealers, we all knew each other, we were friends. Right. right? So I had known um, about this one guy who, and I had been able to undercut everybody. So, so I, I like monopolized the steroid market almost, but there was, there was this one guy who was able to learn how to, he learned how to make his own products and he'd been doing it for a while. So he made his own stuff. And, you know, at the time, like I said, the zeitgeist was, you don't trust anything like that. These didn't even have labels. Uh, So it was like iffy, but, but everybody who did it was said it was really good and it was cheap. It was like actually cheaper than I could offer it. Right. And that's, and, and I had known that and it started to bother me. Like, so he's got to go. Well, yeah. <laughs> no. Well, so it's it's He's one or two go. things. It's one or two things. I mean, obviously, I'm not I'm not violent. I've never done anything like that. No, you, I wouldn't hire, do that, you but... hire that stuff out. That's why I know a Mexican guy. I know a guy. But but you you're kind of under the right track though. There's something's got to be done, right? Um, and you could you could either go that route or you could just utilize what he's doing and partner with that oh, yeah, with yeah, that ability that. to to, yeah. <laughs> to to make his assets yours right and that's that's the better business move yeah <laughs> i guess i mean if you want to go that <laughs> way you could um so it had bothered me that that he, this guy had better prices and and you know i i didn't understand anything about making it yourself uh, some research revealed that it was significantly cheaper than even my prices to to make it yourself and so there's no way I could undercut him because right. he was making it for this ridiculously cheap price. And as I said, though, it wasn't a name brand. So I, this at the time, this couldn't have been anything big because he didn't even have labels. It was just this stuff in a vial and nobody would trust that. And that was my only saving grace. But, but the people who had said this stuff was fantastic and it worked well. And there's a lot of people. Um, so start making so, the labels. So, well, start putting the labels on So here on we myself. go. So, I, so I said, black uh, cat or black whatever that was, <laughs> dragon or whatever. Like, um, so we'll get Boziak to make some make some labels, mm-hmm. and he'll counterfeit some labels mm-hmm. and stick them on there. And so, Pfizer, I, like, yeah. <laughs> let's yeah. go get a Pfizer. Yeah. Pfizer, let's. I can do yeah. this. Look. Yeah, rebranding has been done before. So. So I decided I come up with this, with this plan, that you know I set up one night. Um, I know. I think like, uh, um, coincidentally, we had we had actually hung out with him like the week before. So I, I put all this plan into place, and I actually I, I get some props. Um, I collected. I grabbed all my money I collected that week. So I had like I don't know twenty or thirty grand. Um, in my, in my, I brought it with me and all wrapped up in the Western Union, uh, union. And this was a prop to show them how much money we're making. Right. So I, and I have this plan about how I'm going to go about, about making this offer to him. Right. So I meet him at the bar. I said, Hey, I got something to talk to you about. And right away he's like, okay, let's go. Jeez. Like, so we're like, I got to do this right now. So I, you know, I'm, I'm nervous for some reason. So I, cause if he says no, I don't know what the hell it's, I'm going to do. Like, this is it. Um, this is the only option that I have. Right. Uh, I, so like, I'm kind of nervous. I'm kind of nervous. You have one source. Yeah. And if anything happens to that yeah. source, and he you get, go he's under. getting flaky too. He would right. take a month off, and uh, and I was, you know, sometimes I would run low on product, and it made me like um, order a lot more product. Um, uh, but, but you know, I don't know. I don't know. He, he's getting flaky. So 
so this is it. Like, I can't think of anything else to do. So I got to do this right. I got to, I got to land this sale. Right. So, um, I get nervous. I take a couple shots and let's go out to my car. And that's where I had my prop anyway. So <clears throat> I get out there. And so I told you about, we didn't say anything to anybody because, because this guy had no idea what we we're doing. He had no idea what I'd run into. He had no idea, which is surprising because he's, he's in that market. He was a, he was a dealer himself. And, uh, you know, and you would think, you know, he would be one of the guys who would find out about what was going on, but he didn't because we, we kept, we all kept our mouths shut. So I pull him into the car and I still remember like when I started telling him this, I kind of had it planned out. His mouth just dropped open and he was so shocked at the level. And I show him, look, I got $30,000 and he, he'd never seen that kind of money either. You know, and, and his mouth was just open. He didn't say a word, just, you know, you could tell he was just out of shock. And I start telling him about, so listen, I've already put together what we can do. I, you know, I would, uh, he would make these vials. I would pay him $10 per vial, but I would provide all the materials, all of everything. I pay for everything. Um, he could make, uh, 300 vials a day, you know, so he could make $3,000 a day if he wanted to. Right. Um, and you know, and I said, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to need these. I could probably, I could sell this at this rate. I'm going to need a lot of them. You have a chance right off the bat just to start making thousands of dollars uh, a week, if not, if not a day. Right. Um, and, and he just sat there with his mouth open, didn't say anything. And, and I was like, okay, so do you want to, you want a partner? Let's do this. Let's, let's build something. Let's build something that, uh, that everybody will recognize. Let's become a household brand. I think that's exactly right. how I told it. And he's, he was just like, okay. Let's do it, and that's that's all he said. So I, I, um, he, so at the time he understood the powder sources. He had good powder sources. So I just gave him like fifteen grand or something and told him to get started. And uh, and he he did. He made it happen. All of a sudden one day he delivers uh, these vials. Um, and th- and we made labels. So we made labels this time. And uh, and I called it Matrix. We were Matrix Labs. So to this day, if you still look up Matrix Lab steroids, my my stuff and all my the great comments will come up. Um, or the great reviews for it will come up. Um, but, and I made it a little stronger so that it would be, you know, so it would be potent. So the quality would be good. Um, and, and I'll get into more. We did more to make sure that the quality, that quality was, you know, exceptional. Um, so to wrap this around, oh, it, so now profit margins, right? So, oh yeah, so to wrap this around <clears throat> to anti-fragile again, right? Um, so I built this to build something robust, right? But now, as I said, most people would only get name brand products. So I had British Dragon stuff, and I so also I, I I offered this Matrix that was my brand, right? Next to it, and I didn't expect I expect the the transition to that to be slower. Even though this stuff was stronger, it was it was more it had more milligrams per milliliter. It was stronger, um, and I knew it was better, um, and it was cheaper. It was a little cheaper, and I knew that, but I still thought because of the the branding, yeah, loyalty that, to well, the, I, to the one brand, or or people know the British Dragon yeah, brand, yeah. right? And they're not going to switch. I thought it would be it would take a while for people to start getting the Matrix stuff. Little did I know, it was I was the brand, like right. I had instilled trust in these thousands and thousands of clients, and everybody came to buy from me, and they would. You know, as I said, uh, black market juice heads can be, you know, the most vehement uh, 
um, a mercurial bunch who you know who gets angry at every, everything and very distrustful. But once you gain their trust, they can also be some of the most loyal people. So when um, so when I offered this brand. It, I was the brand, so they they would get anything that I offered. And when it was stronger and cheaper, right. everybody just started buying this stuff, and it almost immediately. And nobody was buying this British Dragon stuff anymore. So, <clears throat> so, and, and I'll be damned if I mean I'm talking a month later, this Chinese source just disappeared, just gone. But wrapping this back around to Antifragile. I built something so my profit margin off of, I used to buy these 25 milliliter vials from, uh, from this Chinese source for $50, which was an unheard of low price. Right. Um, I sold them for 125. My profit margin is 250%. This matrix stuff I was making, including paying the chemist and the shipping. I, this is everything. That, that one didn't include paying for shipping. Right. Um, including paying the chemist and shipping, cost a, um, cost me twenty dollars for um, a twenty milliliter vial, and I sold it for a hundred. So my profit margin was four hundred percent. So now by creating this, trying to create this, just this robust. So I had something to back off off on. When this guy disappeared, the stress on the business came, and this the the Chinese source disappeared. Everybody went to the Matrix brand, anyways. And now my profit margins were higher. The the cost of the product was less. I could so it means I could buy more. I could I could actually supply myself with more. And and the business just took off. And the quality was so good because we were making it potent that now people were posting this matrix is fire. This matrix brand is something else. Now all over the forums, not just the one I'm on, all the bodybuilding forums, the most popular bodybuilding forums across the entire country, you know that. Um, are, are all talking about this new matrix stuff that is absolute fire. And it just drove so much traffic. Right. Like, like we, I mean, we were already doing 21 grand a month and now we, we almost doubled in, in a month or two again and then it doubled again just because of the word got out. So now, <clears throat> so the business got stronger. So that's what anti-fragile is, right? We, we build something to be robust, stress, the Chinese source disappeared, but we got stronger. All right. Um, and that was one of the, you know, just to highlight how important it was that if I didn't do that at that time, if I didn't build that RUGL brand, our underground lab brand, right. that, that Chinese source disappeared in a month and I would have been done. Yeah, that would have been the end of the business. That's right. It. You're but back to working at Serendipitously, the at the same time that that was happening, I decided that we needed to do something, built a, you know, built this under, underground lab and the business got stronger because of it, because of the whole thing. And. And uh, that was serendipitous. But a lot of successful businesses are built on a lot of chances and, and serendipity. So, um, so then, so now, like we we doubled, we almost doubled our revenue. And and now I can't keep the matrix in stock, right? So I had to get another chemist. I got a, my shipper was actually became a an, an Adderall addict, and he was. He was, became retarded, became absolutely retarded. Like he couldn't, I, so, so this is how the, the, the daily um, operation went. Uh, I would get the email from the, um, a client. Somebody would email me, hey, I want this, this, and this. Okay, here's the payment information. How do you want to pay? So here's another thing, and I keep jumping around. There came a point when we were making too much money. 
Now, that's a stupid fucking problem to have, but it was a problem. There right. was too much money coming in. So this is another thing I did that really just opened up, um, uh, you know, opened up the, the possibilities and allowed us to collect as much money as we wanted. But, but right now, Western Union uh, only allows people to pick up about $20,000 a year. You know, we were collecting that a week. Right. So I had to, I had to get an army of people to go out there and collect Western Union. But I'm running out of people. Like, it's just a small city. And, you know, I had 10 people doing it, but that doesn't last too long. We got these what's called green dot cards. You remember the green dot cards? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Daniel didn't know what the hell they were. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> so I, like, I had to explain what they were. But, yeah, so essentially, just for the people who don't know, it's uh, – Prepaid debit cards. Yeah. Can you ex- – yeah. Yeah, yeah. You, you, can, you, can, you can load them. You can, so mm-hmm. you can have a, a, a green dot card mm-hmm. in your possession, and somebody else can load money on your card from somewhere mm-hmm. else, from, like, anywhere a Walmart. In the country. Yeah, anywhere yeah. in the country. Yeah. And uh, it's anonymous, right? And so then you can take your card, you can go get money out of an ATM or, or spend it like a visa. So yeah. you're using all these various cards, all mm-hmm. these various uh, prepaid debit cards, yeah. to and you figured out how to kind of you got a system, you've yeah. got 30 cards in your own name, you've yeah. got but yeah, so, so but it was still difficult to um to collect money. We're yeah. the, so much money was coming in, you can only load these with so much cards that we that that we couldn't collect all the money that was coming in, it was becoming a problem. Um, between that and Western Union. So, so I had this problem. I knew I had to fix it. So, so one thing I would always do is to think is I would go to the gym. And, you know, the gym tends to, uh, like a, a lot of the problems with uh, when, you're, when you're thinking too much and your brain gets foggy or your brain gets foggy when you're doing too much, too much research, your brain gets fuzzy. One of the things that occurs is you you have too many neurotransmitters that are that are completing these synapse firings and um you're you're the firings kind of tend to get crossed you have too many neurotransmitters in in your brain so working out the mechanical motion of working out actually helps you use these up and and then uh exercise releases a different type of endorphin that that actually uh, clears your head right people think better right um so i would go to the gym, and I would always be able to solve a problem when I went to the gym, and I had something in mind. So I went to, my, to the gym on this, and I remember getting like I don't know, three quarters of the way through the thing, and it, and it just hit me like that. Just moment of clarity, it hit me. I can solve this problem. So I heard up and finished the gym, and I went home. So what was happening is I was having all of the money from the entire operation come to me, and then I was redistributing it to where it needed to go, right? So I thought, well, well, the problem is all the money coming to me, right? So what if I just get the money to where it needs to end up? Right. And I just get it there and funnel it all directly from the clients to where it needs to end up. And that would, that would solve my problem. So I went to the, the at this time, the Chinese source was still, um, was still in, uh, in play. And I also had these powder sources that were also from China that we were paying. So I started having clients either send, send Western unions directly to the powder. I said, so, and I called them. I, I noticed that these powder sources, I would send, I used to send like, or the, the Chinese source, I would send like $5,000 at a time. That was the most you could send. So right. I would send $5,000 at a time. And they always had different names for me. But there was a lot of people who were only ordering a couple hundred dollars worth of stuff. Right. And, and they, they, there's, they had an endless supply of Chinese names, you know, a lot of Chinese people that collect as much money as they right. want. So, um, and they would change all the time. So I said, well, can I have my clients send you money 
and you just keep it in an account for me and I'll just, when I order, I'll just pull out of the account. And the, both the powder source and the Chinese source says, yeah, that's fine. Here's a bunch of names, you use them all. So I was able to start funneling money right from the clients. I just had the clients send it right to China and they would pick up this money and it didn't have to come to me. And they had an endless supply of Chinese names. Uh, so f to pay my employees, I made all of them get these green dot cards or whatever. And I the clients would fill up their cards and that's how they got paid. So now all the money is being funneled directly to uh, where it had to end up. Right. And I'm not the middleman anymore. So, um, so now all the money that I'm collecting is just my profit. And it, that, I mean, is it's almost simple as that sounds right now. That was a huge that that really fixed a massive problem that was developing. Right, we weren't going to be able to collect money anymore. That's a big problem. Right, <clears throat> and that solved it. That completely solved it. Like their money collection was not an issue anymore. So um, that was actually a big moment. So, so now, now we are. When you become said to become big like this the other Chinese powder sources reach out to me to start selling me powders because now I'm spending 200 grand a year on, on powders and the Chinese people want, all want a piece of that. So they, they find out how big we are. They all, they're all pitching us for their powder. So, you know, I have learned to listen to everybody, right? You know, uh, see what other people have to offer. So I took samples. I'll take samples from everybody. So we must have had 50 different suppliers from China send us samples. And at the time, you couldn't have these powders tested anywhere. You couldn't send it to a lab and have these tested. Right. You can do that now. But at this time, you couldn't. That didn't exist. So the way that I took care of it is I started using crowdsourcing. I started using my own clients as testers. And I, I offered them, you know, like discount on, on prices if they would help me out. Clean out their receptors. Um, then... I'm going to send you this vial. I want you to do X amount this many times a week because I know how much that should raise your blood testosterone levels. Then I'll pay for a blood test. You go get a blood test and, and send me the results. So now I can see what each of these powder sources, how much it raised people's blood levels, and I can start to tell quality from that. I must have done this for 50 to 70 sources. And we were able to reduce it all to the – and I was the only one, absolutely the only one doing this. I was able to reduce it down to the top three and I kept the top three that had the most consistent results. And now I had the best powder sources in the entire, not in the country, in the world. I had the highest quality products in the entire world because nobody else did that. And, and our quality was through the roof. This drove in more people, right? So now, I mean, we doubled, tripled again because Matrix is on fire. Like everybody's talking about Matrix and and the emails coming in. I, I heard so much about this matrix. I just got to try it now. Um, so, you know, at the, so now I don't know. By this point, we, we went. I don't know. We're probably making like fifty thousand a week, uh, millions of dollars a year, and um, and it's just taken off like never before. Um, trying to think if there's anything else before the first major crisis. So we're just getting the first major crisis. Yeah. I guess I can't. Yeah. Can't think of uh, if there's anything else important. I guess I'll have to go back if there is. All right. So the first major crisis. So that. How long does this go on, by the way? Wait, a year? Two years? This is probably 
a, a year, I guess, about a year, maybe a little longer, a year into it, yeah, a year. Okay. So, the first major crisis. There's a couple of smaller crises, but they're not really worth mentioning. Um, the, so the first major crisis was, I have to go back to my shipper situation. I had a shipper who became an Adderall a- addict in the freaking... Right. He, he was so whacked out of his skull that he couldn't... I gave him... I started to go in this before, so I explained the operation about how it worked. I got in, I got in the emails. I started to do this, and I went off on a tangent. I don't know how that happened. I got in the emails. Uh, people w- would give me the order. That's when I started explaining the green dot cards. And I right. remember how I, how I went off. So I got in the orders, and I, and I told them how to pay, whether it was green dot or, or anything. Now I don't have to explain that. And um, I would send them the payment information. They would give me back the payment, whether it was the Western Union or a green dot right. or a related card. I would put the money wherever it needed to go, and then put the guy's order into an email and at the end of the night I would send the email every night to my shipper who would then head till close of of the post office the next day to pack everything and get it to the post office right and, and so that was that was how it worked and at the in the meantime my chemists at this time I had multiple were making products daily and shipping it to um Shipping it to the, the shipper. Yeah, the shipper. I'm trying to. There was two crises, and I think I, I might be getting getting them misplaced. No, this was this was this was the first crisis. Okay, I thought I was getting them mixed up, but I'm not. Um, he would ship them to the shipper, right? right. So now that's the compartmentalization, and uh, so this shipper would get these emails, and the, he was so whacked out on Adderall that he couldn't. It's put this 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 in this box. Right. It's, Pretty self-explanatory, yeah. yeah. Put this in there and send it. And he couldn't do this. He just couldn't do it. He kept screwing up orders. He, uh, he would either he would either put the wrong stuff in the box or not put the right things in, or not put in all the items in the box or send the same items twice to the same person a day apart. I don't know how you don't. Um, so he was. I couldn't use him anymore. He was actually causing problem. Like people were getting, you know, making mistakes. And you know, one of the things that I did that really salvaged this was taking ownership of the screw up. And every time he screwed up, I would end up correcting the problem and sending somebody something for free. So you know, people started to actually appreciate when right. they got screwed up because they were getting free products. But it was costing me money. And then I, you know, and um, it it you know service was lacking it was being a problem so i had to get a new shipper so i got and again so i can't put take in resumes and put uh yeah yeah you can't you i can't, can't go, go to on. indeed i have like a limited supply of people that i know that i can use and um i have to make the best of that so i had this one guy that i knew i actually went to <laughs> that i knew from i, I actually went to, he was on i was on we were on parole at the same time, but I actually I had to do a short stint in a rehab, and I met him there, right? And he had done prison time as well, and we we met at the rehab. We happened to live in the same area, so he was calling. He was asking me for work, and he you know was privy to what I was doing, and started asking me for the work. And I you know at one point, so this guy was a little. He was used to being the man because he ran a pretty big drug operation himself, right? I mean, 
it was local. I mean, not, not big. Yeah, yeah. How big as I got, but it, it was decent size for for a local operation. You, uh, when you say drug operation, you mean like a um, like like heroin, or no, you mean like steroids? Coke. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, he didn't know anything about steroids. Okay, but, but um, so so he was kind of used to being the man, right? And and uh, so this is man. There's a lot to explain here. So, so uh, another thing I want to go into about is a lot of uh, is the money. I, I keep getting off on these tangents, but I think it's important to understand the mentality that this guy had to for this thing to go wrong, right? So, is that okay, or should I just yeah, stick I this through? Yeah, that's that's good. That's uh, okay. So, um, money, right? So, money. A lot of people say, well, money. Money changes people. And I, I have to explain this to explain the social dynamic change to explain like his mentality versus versus reality or, or, or what, what can go wrong. So a lot of people say that money changes people, right. right? And that is true. When you start getting money, it does, it changes, it does change people, but um, it, a lot of times it, it but it also, it, it puts responsibility on the person. So, so, so when I'm, I'm running this operation or anybody who's running an operation starts ma- making money, uh, m- money is um, secondarily uh, dopaminergic, right? So it, it creates a, this dopamine rush in your head. And sometimes you can, and you can get, not sometimes, you get manic over it. Right. And people who don't understand this biochemistry can, can, um, can let that, let let that go, and and you can become uh, you know manic, and you, th- you start becoming a megalomaniac. You think that that uh, everybody should listen to you, and and you know. So so there's that change, and that's what people mean when they say money changes people, right? right? Um, that certainly happened to me at a point. Um, I was able to reel it in and curtail it at pretty quickly. Um, so, so uh, but. <clears throat> The, the thing I want to highlight is that it also changes the social structure and it changes the people around you. So he was used to, we became friends and he was used to the dynamic where we were equals or he actually always felt he was a little over me uh, right. as far as, you know, just, you know, kind of being the little leader of our, of our clip click. Right. So, so he, so now when I have this organization and I'm making all this money and I'm the one who has all the responsibility and now he's below me working for me. Right. And I'm the one with the confidence now, and I'm the one who's the, I'm the alpha male in this relationship. That dynamic shifted, and he was friends with me because of the previous dynamic, social dynamic, right? So now things have changed, and he doesn't like it. Right. So, but this happens with every relationship. So when people say, well, money changed you, well, it, changed the, it changes the other people, too, because jealousy runs rampant. And if you're friends with somebody because you two are equals, and you can share and relate in in uh in the current dynamics of your life and experiences and when one dynamic shifts and this person becomes very successful the person who's left below doesn't like that and no longer there's no longer the reasons that that friendship worked in the beginning right so this person jealousy runs rampant this person becomes angry and and so it's the i just want to make it clear that everything shifts and the people who get left behind their attitude shift and they get angry too right right so this is kind of what happened with, with, with him. Um, I was the leader now. I was the alpha male. He didn't like that. He kept trying to tell me how to run this business. And right. I started it all. And he came in just 
um, I made him a shipper, and he did come in and do a good job, but he he felt like he should have half of his company now because he came in and started was able to put shit in a box and send it to the correct person. Right. Which is entitlement issues. Yes, he yeah. had massive entitlement issues. So, um, so and and some of the stuff that he wanted me to do was just ridiculous, like, uh, and and it was not good business practices. And I told him absolutely not. And I eventually started to have to kind of yell at him a few times. Right. It was like you didn't. This isn't you. Do your job and shut up. Right. Um, uh, I mean, the guy was making over a hundred, like one hundred fifty thousand a year now. Right. And uh, he would never be able to make that with you know without this. And and there, instead of appreciation, he felt entitled to more. Yeah. Um, so, so there came a time, so I, um, I started to develop the, the system, um, so I would be able to step away and go on vacation for a few weeks because, um, I like to have extravagant, I had all this money and I had no time to spend it, so it was fun to go out and do something extravagant. So, I taught him how to do the, the email so he could, he could actually run the entire company right. for the two weeks that I was gone, and although when I'd come back there'd be fires to put out, it still ran okay, and I could put out of the fires, and everything would, would be fine. Um, so he did that a few times, and I was able to go on extravagant vacation, like you know, kind of go wild, and uh, and then come back and and uh, a week later probably, and and then you know, and just take over. So one of these vacations I went to uh, Cancun. I went to Cancun for spring break. I was like 32 at the time. And I wanted to go to spring break because I had never been able to do it when I was actually in college because I could never afford it. And right. now I can. So, and we went right where all the college kids were. We intentionally picked all that and, and had an incredible, like an, <laughs> it, was, it was incredible. It was crazy. Uh, you know, VIP tables at all the, these Cancun places every night. And, uh, and we got so drunk one night that we said, why go home after this eight days? Let's go. <laughs> let's stop in Miami on the way back. So we, we, we rebooked our flights and and changed everything and bought new plane tickets for Miami to stop in Miami. And then we we're gonna go home in eight more days. So the and when we woke up in the morning, we didn't remember doing that. We were too drunk. So we woke up and we looked at our phones and we we're like, "What the hell? Who booked tickets to Miami?" And we all and we all had them and we we're like, "Now we're going to Miami." I guess we're going to Miami now. Uh, and this is after, a, I mean, drink enough to kill an elephant. Right. So I got. I got from the Cancun, I come into Miami, right? And the, so it's across the border and they have the, you know, people that they pick some people out to check them for drugs. Right. So um, I come off and I had been drinking, uh, binge drinking for eight days straight. And I actually, I found some, something off of some guy on the beach and I don't even know what it was, but it was pretty good. <laughs> and uh, I was, um, so I was, sh- I come out and I'm shaking and I'm sweating because uh, of you know all the all yeah, the alcohol and some of the drugs I did. Yeah. yeah. So the the security guard takes that as I'm nervous. So I'm coming off the plane. He's like, "You, <laughs> get over here. We're gonna check all your stuff." So I go over there and and they're like questioning me, like they start going through my stuff. I, I'm not dumb. I didn't bring a single thing. Everything was clean. I knew it. So I'm actually having fun with this. And he goes, why are you shaking so much? You're sweating. I'm like, well, yeah, I drank enough to kill an elephant every single day for the last eight days. And he goes, well, you look like you're going to fall over. I said, I might, but I'll get back up. That's okay. Um, And they were sure they were going to find something. And I was like, so, and they're searching through everything. And they, um, all my pockets, everything. Like, I don't see anything. Can we let this guy go? What do you mean? Can you let me go? 
I didn't, I don't have anything. Of course you have to let me go. They ended up letting me go. Um, and so I get into, so now we're in Miami and we get to Miami. It's the same Bacchanal, right? Same, same type of stuff. VI play clubs. Well, at this point, um, I'm running out of money because I've spent a lot of it. So I have to go into the, into the emails or I tell this guy to start loading my cards. I'm like, uh, I'm like, uh, yeah, can you load my cards? I'm running out of money. I need more money. Oh, yeah, by the way, we're going to be on vacation for eight more days. Uh, can you load my cards? I need money. So um, right about as soon as that happened, as he realized that I, w- I was looking for money, and I actually went into the emails, grabbed some green dot cards, and told him I took some money. Send me more. Um, he also texted me back. He goes, and the text says, I was trying to wait till you got back from vacation, but I'll, I'm going to have to dump this on you now. Uh, um, I was dropping off some shipments, and somebody was taking pictures at, of me. The cops are watching. I'm leaving. Uh, um, maybe I'll talk to you sometime when this blows over. You know, so, something like to that effect. And I just, like, you know, everything. And I was, like, actually that night, I was going – to meet a multimillionaire who wanted to talk to me about investing in this business that looked pretty good. So I was going to actually drop a hundred grand into this business. Right. It's something legitimate. And, it's, and I was about ready to go meet this guy. And then this just happens and it, it just takes the window out of my sales and I got to go home right now. And I had to cancel the meeting. <clears throat> so I think that the business is being watched and, and I go home and I find out that, and I can't do anything for a week. I don't even open my, I'm afraid to open the email. So I got all these guys with all these orders, with all this money, and nobody's Piling getting up. order. Yeah, and nobody's getting any emails or telling anybody anything. So they all start thinking that they're getting scammed. And this is just terrible. And I'm, at this point, I'm like, the business is done. This is it. That's over. So, like, you know, my, I'm just absolutely devastated. Um, I'd start doing some research, I start to find out. Just through different things, you know, put pieces together, start realizing that one of the chemists left too. I'm like, why would the chemist leave? And and it started not making sense to exactly what he was saying. And I started really reaching. I found a bunch of information. I find out that he was lying. Yeah, he broke off and started his own thing. That's precisely what happened. Except the chemist wasn't necessarily in on it with him. I found out later because I hired the chemist back but it took a while for me to trust him again because it really looked like they were together. He, I don't know. I don't know what happened to this day exactly, but it, it appeared that maybe they weren't together, but, but he did tell the chemist that he was being watched and it scared the chemist and he left, but they went to the same state. They both came to Florida. Okay. Like, this I, is where everybody comes. That's yeah. Not, no. That's not necessarily. <laughs> they both came to Florida. <laughs> so, uh, but I find out it, it was, it was a lie. And then the, the chemist, so I went back to the powder source because I had another chemist. So now I, he was, the chemist was ordering all the powders. Now I had to go to the powder source and, and get powders for the other chemist because I realized I can start back up that this was all a lie. That right. the, the cops weren't watching. And um, I find out that he had the last set of powders diverted to his address in Florida, which is also very, yeah, that's weird. Very shady. That's, like, that's why odd. would you, why would you do that if you're worried about cops watch us, right? right you would right. just leave it with so trying to separate yourself from this what the fuck are you yeah having this shit that's exactly right so it, nothing it wasn't making sense and and I, I find out the guy was lying and the guy cleaned out all the money 
and didn't send a thing for the entire two weeks. So now it's been almost a month because it took me two weeks to find all this information out. And nobody's received anything and nobody's getting any answers. So I finally like had to go back and I started getting back to everybody. And I didn't know if I could recover from this because you disappear for a month. Yeah, yeah, that's an issue. Your trust is gone. Yeah. You know? So I started getting back to everybody. I'm very good with people. I started talking to everybody. Sent everybody what they were owed plus some. Um, got my other chemist working, you know, working around the clock to, to help fix this. I had the old Adderall shipper back, and he, and he helped get, uh, give everything back. Um, you know, he was helping. Uh, and eventually we got everybody their orders back. We got, got them extra stuff. Apologized. I actually was very uh, transparent, and I told him exactly what happened. That my shipper robbed me. He took all the money. He probably robbed me about fifty or sixty thousand dollars. And um, but we, but I, yeah, and disappeared. But I fixed it, and uh, and we were able just to keep back. And after a short period of time, it actually became that was another thing that became a. Um, people looked at it as as. Look, this serious thing happened to this yeah. guy, and he still recovered, still sent everybody their yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Gave everybody some free he, stuff. He, yeah, he it turned into a strength. Us. Right. He didn't bullshit us. He told us the truth. Yeah. And then he made up for it. Yeah. He's good. And it turned into something positive. Right. So that was the first major crisis that was averted. 